Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at tmobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. Let me get into my normal, comfortable voice, Rory Scoville. <laughs> Hi. This is Ruthie Wyatt. I'm a non-dad. You can't tell. Hi. Hi. Just oh my God. Like that. Yeah. You okay? Hi. I'm my most relaxed I've ever been. I love Andy Richter. <laughs> Andy Richter. Uh, Ruthie, you work with, with Andy. I do. I've worked with Andy for 10 years. Does he make you call him Andrew Richter? Because that's a whole other person. Oh, it, yeah. It's uh, it's terrifying. He's he's quite menacing. No, he couldn't be further. He, he's exactly how he is on TV and probably even better because he like spends time talking to you and you get to hang out and you, I know his kids. and I would love it if when he came in to distinguish his mood amongst the coworkers, you had to go, who's here today, Andy or Andrew? And you're like, oh, yeah. it's Andrew today. <laughs> So oh boy! Watch a little get? more formal, a little more formal, <laughs> Andy. Andrew, Andy's great. I've known Andy for a few years now, and he's one of those people that really talks to you. Yeah. You know, being a stand-up and coming on the show to do five minutes is so nerve-wracking and intimidating, and and you're so scared. But Andy is so lighthearted and fun. I think I've joked around with Andy before every taping, before he even knew who I was, before I had like even really done something on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And I think like it's something that's a little peek behind the curtain of showbiz. Folks, you're about to witness the moment yeah. <laughs> that Ruthie loses her job. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been real fun. <laughs> um when Conan and or Andy know people who are going to be on the show, like they've known them before, or even if they don't, sometimes they come back stage and say hi to the person. And like a lot of times that really puts the person at ease. And as you just said, like, yeah. you're like, oh, right. Like I'm so in my head, I'm about to go out there and perform. And then like they come back and they kind of like give you a big hug or a handshake and say hi. And suddenly you're like, yeah, I got this. I feel good. Yeah. Right? He's come backstage and shoved me around a little bit. Well, that's Andy. It, well, that was Andrew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At one time, I was trying to schedule an appointment for my mom to have shoulder surgery. And I'm on the phone with the nurse and she's like, I'm sorry, but I just can't get you in for like another two months. And I was like, I know, but you know, if there's any way that we could do it a month sooner, that would be so helpful. You know, I was trying to like align it with all these schedules. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I don't have anything available. And then right then Andy walked by me and he went, get out. 
the phone. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And she goes, what was that? Who was that? And I was like, I'm sorry. I, I work at a TV show. And she goes, well, what TV show? And I was like, the Conan show. And she goes, and I go, and that was actually Andy Richter. She goes, oh my God, that was Andy Richter. And I was like, yeah. And she's like, we can get her in next Monday. And oh my like, God. Now I hate this woman. <laughs> I know. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, did you just like reschedule somebody's like dire needs, knee surgery or shoulder surgery? Yeah. Just because Andy interrupted this phone call. I was like, oh my God. It's like cut to now. I'm like getting this woman tickets to the show, giving her a tour backstage, but whatever. I love Andy Richter for no reason being like, get off the phone. Yeah. Like he <laughs> doesn't even care. He doesn't even no. know you're talking to. No, it's the best thing. He's like a great, he's not even my dad, but he's a great dad. It's such a dad move. And he's not your dad. He's not my dad, but he is our dad. And he has been called America's dad uh, his true. entire career. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Please welcome to our stadium set, Andy Richter. Andy Richter, welcome to Dad's the Podcast. Hi, Rory. Hi, Ruthie. Hi, Andy. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite dads. You are. You're America's favorite dad. Andy yeah. Richter, Am America's favorite dad. Am I? Yeah. That's gonna. It's going to be such a heartbreaker when they find out that I am one of those Hollywood cannibals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but they'll never will because they're so open about that's it. That's right. Yeah. They yeah. think it's a big joke, but <laughs> yeah. mm -mm. Like, I was everyone. against it at first, and then I was like, I won't. And then they're like, you know that chili you just ate? I was like, yeah. Human flesh. I was like, what? Yeah. That's when you <laughs> that's when you were like, I guess I'm a cannibal. It was so good. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Thanks, Sylvester Stallone. That's the thing. Yeah. How do we not know? What if humans do taste so good? Here we are judging <laughs> those cannibals. But what if it's amazing? I know, I know. And Remember like when you didn't want to try Dippin' Dots because you were such an ice cream traditionalist? <laughs> <laughs> and also, too, it is like virtually every other carnivore on Earth will eat its own. You know, like we're like yeah, the only right. ones that are like, <laughs> I know. ew. Ew, I can't. But seriously, kids, cannibalism, it's not right. Yeah. People attach to the things people say and they just think it's the truth. But listeners, right. look, we are joking. That's not yes. even Andy Richter. That's a person who does voices. No. Nope. And we booked them because Andy was so busy. I'm an uh, Andy Richter impersonator and I am, I'm literally starving to death. No one, no one, apparently there's just, there's plenty of Andy Richter to meet the demand of the real Andy Richter. And this, so as a, as an Andy Richter impersonator, I got to tell you, times are tough. Times you're are the tough. Yeah. You're <laughs> Andy, scale of one to 10, how good of a dad uh, do you think that you are? And pretend your kids are voting. What would they say? <laughs> um, I think I do a pretty good job. Uh, yeah. My daughter, especially, my daughter is going to be 15 uh, next month. God, that's terrifying. That sentence <laughs> just gave me, like, goosebumps. <laughs> like, oh, God. You know what? Honestly, I feel like the rough stuff is behind us. Uh, oh, okay. I mean, there's still kind of days when I just realize, like, Oh, I'm an asshole. Like, I'm just going to be an asshole no matter what I do. So I'm just going to, you know, kind of keep, be upbeat and sort of ask if she wants something to eat and then just, but just steer <laughs> clear, you know. Um, I'm divorced now. And so she, she and my son 
live with their mom most of the time, but they're here. We live in we're we're ten ten minutes apart, so we're yeah. we're all in Burbank, so they're over here all the time. But like, I'll go pick her up, and you know, most of the time she'll get in the car and she's chatty and happy, and and then there's times she gets in the car and I'm like, "Hi, how are you?" And then she just goes. Fine, and then puts in earbuds like the AirPods. It's immediately Act yeah. One from Uncle yeah. Buck. It's just like yeah. <laughs> yeah. fine. Mm. And I'm like, okay, all right. Well, let's just go, and I'll feed you, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I actually had a dream about Mercy during quarantine. Oh, really? I love Andy's kids, and I've spent more time hanging out with Mercy. Yeah, my daughter comes to the show. Fairly frequently after school, just kind of cuz to, yeah. to get a ride home. So. Yeah, but we hang out and she's like great to talk to because she's so interesting and has and she's real and she tells it like it is. And then she laughs at my jokes and <laughs> makes me feel great. And I think, Ruthie, I saw, I like, think a, that's what you need to do. It seems like you're burying the lead there. She laughs at <laughs> yeah. your jokes. As well. Well, yeah. then, but she also tells me when it's not funny, too. Or she's like, yeah, you said that already. Oh, yeah. And I'm she's, like, oh, my yeah. God, I love you so much. And I yeah, think no. I saw like her comment on someone's Instagram and, you know, your brain just like recycles at the end of the day. And so then Mercy popped up in my dream and we were like all at a wedding and we hung oh, out really? all night. Yeah, we had like a great party all night. And I woke up like, I hope Mercy's doing good. She <laughs> is. She's she's doing real well. And to, to Rory's question, going through a divorce uh, and a fairly recent divorce, it's almost two years since I don't live with them anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it was rough and completely understandably rough. You know, as much as you can make it, it understood as to why things are happening, uh, I left. And I, there's just, to a kid, there's not, as as wise as my kids are and as, as understanding as my kids are, they're still kids and they still just know that I left. Right, yes. That I went and lived somewhere else. And that's yes. like not anything that they ever thought would happen and not anything I ever thought would happen. And so it was rough. But lately she's been like, I mean, if this is going to be, um, this is going to be super sweet. Hate you guys. I hate to tell you guys, but this um, is what we bring out of people in the, in the first 10 minutes, (laughs) the first 10 minutes we get our, we get our guest talking (laughs) sweet talk. Yeah. (laughs) She just, she texted me just like maybe a week or so ago, two weeks ago. She just texted me out of the blue and said, Dad, I just want you to know I appreciate how much you love me and how much you take care of me and how kind you are. Oh, and I was like, I was God. like, wow, thank cry. you. I was like, <laughs> thank you. What what brought this on? And she said, oh, someone I know online just posted something where she said, um, why can't my dad be understanding and kind like the dads in coming of age movies rather than call me a whore like mine does? (laughs) (laughs) And, And she said, she said, and you really are like a dad in a coming of age movie. And I was like, that's yeah. really pretty nice. Yeah. I feel like that's good. That's a good description yeah. because that usually means, uh, while that's a very broad stroke description of a dad, yeah. it definitely means you're on the good side of the fence. It's like, yes. you're a good, yeah. I'll take yes. it. Yes. Well, and I mean, you're, there are two kinds of dads in the coming of age movies. The ones, you know, it's about like kind of the climax part, you know, all the shit's happened and the kid is crying and the dad knocks on the door and comes in and says, you know, basically like, hey, hun. You're fantastic. And don't you worry. 
it'll turn out okay. Yeah. Or there's forget the, like, Brad. It's always a Brad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or they're like the, you know the cartoonish alcoholic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But Andy, now that you're now that you guys are divorced, did things change for you as a dad? Like I remember when my parents got divorced. Suddenly it's like both houses were totally different. Like one was strict and rules, and the other one parties, Rolling Stones music, like hang out. Did things yeah. have to change for you guys or did you, you guys were kind of on the same page? So Yeah, I mean, not not too bad. Yeah. It's different in that adjusting to not living with them was yeah. just awful. It was just awful. Yeah. Sure. And there was just, it took a long, long time of just feeling like splitting up was the right thing to do, but while doing the right thing, I had to live somewhere different from my kids. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I say, they're here a lot and they ha both have bedrooms here, but it's, it's still, I, I don't, you know, it's not the same. I don't live in their primary residence. Yeah. And it always will be the downside of just something that was necessary. Something I come across a lot with friends who are in that position, who grew up like that, is that they always seem to like get into their early or mid 20s and then totally are like, oh, I now see why this thing happened. And a lot of times I see it being they have this uh, stronger relationship. Yeah. <laughs> I have looked at those people sometimes and been like, oh, God, I wish I had that. I wish my parents <laughs> would have gotten divorced. I wish I would have had a childhood. <laughs> Trauma upset or something. You know? Yeah, you could work on driving a wedge between them, you know? like <laughs> I'm trying to, to provide that for my daughter now. I'm like, if I can just get out of here and then at 23, we're going to be like this. We're going to be out on the range just having beers and cigars and laughing. I don't really know what my vision of her future is. But it has cigars. It does involve cigars and really high-stakes gambling for sure. Uh, I, I was going to say, I to your point, I think it is easier for them to see me and Sarah as individuals yeah. in some ways, which is not like, I, I don't think it's an optimal replacement for us together yeah. for them. But I think that they can see, uh, they, they see us as individuals more because, you know, we're living as individuals. So. Yeah. yeah. I also think there's this like eye-opening moment too, as kids grow up, like I, once I had my daughter, I felt this great sense of <laughs> of forgiveness towards my parents to be like, mm -hmm. oh, I now, mm. I sort of get it now. No one actually knows how to do this. You're just kind yeah. of improvising as you go. And you, we know friends, I, I, this is another point I can't relate to, but we all know people that stayed together that definitely should not have stayed yeah. together. And it, it was no good for anybody, you know? Yeah. Mm. I think that that also is, uh, I don't think it's the main motivating factor in people being more likely to be honest about whether or not they should be together. But I, I think it is partly due to parents being, way more interested in their kids' happiness and way more interested yeah. in taking an active role totally. in their kids' lives and feeling more responsible for how their actions affect their children. You know, that seems like in the last yeah. 30 or 40 years that it, all of a sudden it was like, oh, wait, what? I got to... <laughs> I got to think about how I'm doing this. I don't just like tell them, shut up and do it. And then, yeah. you know, 
Smack them? <laughs> you know, and then, yeah, and, well, yeah, and think, hit them when they need to be hit, you know? I think it came out of us, you know, these generations going, God, why am I screwed up? And then someone goes, hey, you know that actually started when you were eight. And you're like, oh, yeah. shit. I thought it started last year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Andy, your parents divorced when you were young, right? Yes. So were there things that you knew you wanted to do, like you learned from that separation that you knew you wanted to do differently? Did that inform you at all? Uh, Not so much like because my folks divorced when I was so young that I didn't have a great comparison of what it was like to have uh, them together. And my mom remarried and, uh, and my stepdad, I mean, my stepdad was a nice man and everything, but I was never really close to him. So when they divorced, it was, it was a different sort of learning thing because the split was pretty ugly. And so I kind of learned about like what it was to grow up in a house that was tense and unhappy and sometimes violent, to be frank. But it's so weird that you became a comedian. That's so strange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So weird that I would, yeah, that I would I, while everyone was miserable, say like, hey everybody, look at me. I'm being funny over here. Andy, uh, do a tight five. You yeah, got it. Okay. Stop crying, everyone. Um no, but I, Sarah and I made a definite conscious decision to I mean, for ourselves too, but to give our children a, a nice divorce. And, yeah. and I think that we did. So yeah. it wasn't any lesson I learned from my parents' split. It was just what I knew about parenting in general, but mm-hmm. but also too, the, what I know yeah. about like just people and relationships in general. One thing that annoyed me when I was a kid and that, and that was profoundly frustrating was just feeling like, my priorities, what I wanted, didn't matter. Yeah. As a kid, you're supposed to just shut up and go along. Like, you yep. know, do as you're told. I definitely always wanted uh, my kids to feel respected and to feel like, that. Like I was, a big thing is that I was capable of making mistakes and I was able to apologize when yeah. I made mistakes. Wow, that's so huge. Yeah. As a kid, it's frustrating when your parents, being human beings, act out out of like anger or frustration. And there's never any kind of like, 
well, that was wrong. I'm sorry that I did that, you know, yeah. and because it just makes all the difference in the world. And it also gives your kid permission, you know, it may, lets them know it's okay yes. to fuck up yes. and apologize. You know, it makes apologies not like a, a big special, like selling yourself short. Like, no, it's just, it's it, apologies are like a oh, natural yeah. thing that happen well, all I think, the time. I think learning responsibility and accountability and apologizing, I think that's one of the most important lead by action examples that you can pass on to your kid that if your kid sees you apologize to them, I, I like to think that for a lot of kids, they can interpret that that power dynamic, they almost go, oh, I, I'm getting apologized to. That must mean that my feelings matter and my you know, my my happiness matters yeah. because my exactly. my dad cared enough to apologize to me. It must mean he cares about me. And even if, whether they even think that stuff directly, even subconsciously, it goes such a long way. And then you hope they grow up to be the kind of people that go, oh, yeah, no, if you screw up, you, you apologize. That's just what yeah. you do. It also helps when your kid needs to be told, hey, you fucked up. Yes. Yeah. And it helps them trust that you like when you yell at them, you're not just some asshole who yells all the time. So you don't have to listen to any of it. I feel like when I really yell at my kids, they know like, oh, shit, I, I, this is like he means it. Yeah. Like this isn't he's not just blowing that's off. That's when steam. it gets he's fun. Like, <laughs> that's when it's fun. Your kid fucks up and you're going to get to yell at him and you go, good. I can finally release some of this rage for my Peloton <laughs> yeah. not arriving yet. <laughs> <laughs> But, Dad, that's the third TV you smash. I don't care. <laughs> well, you should get good I'm grades. trying to teach yeah. you material objects mean nothing to me. <laughs> I got a hundred TVs in the garage. <laughs> yeah. is it, but Andy, uh, is like... It, sorry, go ahead, Ruthie. Oh, no, go ahead. No, no, I was going to... Uh, no, no, Ruthie, Ruthie you go. just well, would... go. Jesus. <laughs> Andy, okay. this is every right. episode. She and I get into it. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we need a dad to referee us, right? Draw a line. Don't yeah. let us, don't touch you're me a, on this car ride, You're okay? a mediator in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Andy, can you reach behind and hit one of us right now? Like, <laughs> well, no, so I'm curious, like, as um, Mercy's still, like, in that age of discipline, right? Because she's still 14, about to be 15. But Will's 19, about to be 20. As a parent, I'm always, I'm not a parent, but I'm always curious, when do you start to realize, oh, this kid that I've been like, you know, disciplining and caring for and loving, like is now their own human adult person. And I don't have to be like, yeah, you messed up or that so was wrong. So he's or like, like, you know, he their, their issues come up, but he's like generally... A law-abiding citizen, yeah. yeah, and not a sociopath. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I can say like, no, it, it doesn't. I don't really need to like keep a short leash, or there's no, you know, there's no need to really do some sort of like controlling punishment anymore. But I don't, you know, I can't say that there isn't some 19-year-old out there who still needs to be like have the car keys taken away. I, yeah. It, well, there's some people in their 70s who many are- Many. <laughs> some of them lead the country. But, <laughs> uh, but generally speaking, you know, 17-ish, you, you can't, there's not a lot you can do. Right. Because when your kid starts leaving the house to go to parties, even before they can drive, you know, especially like in Los Angeles, you know, we'll- came up with Uber 
And at first it was, I was like, no, because Uber at first was expensive and it seemed kind of like a limo ride, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden it got so cheap. Once that happens, once your kid is going out on things like that, you just got to trust them because it's like, are they doing drugs? Mm, Quite possibly. You know, is he drinking? More than likely. Well, I mean, you know, you got to hope that he just has some sense about it. And it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. Because you you get, you go to like the, the scariest, darkest places in terms of like, what if there was a car wreck? It just happens. And you just have to hold your own hand and say, take it easy. It's, you know, this yeah. is at some point this was going to happen. You you don't raise these kids to take care of them forever. Eventually they become people. Yeah. I think the honesty about that stuff, the honesty about drinking and the honesty about pot, as opposed to just the hard line, hey, don't do it. And if you get caught, you're in trouble. But I think yeah. to me, it's just a little too naive. It's like, I think if you sat them down and, and I mean, I always imagine sitting my daughter down at some point and explaining this is the difference between drinking wine, beer, and liquor, and this is what the amount will do, and this is how you're going to feel. Because I I feel like if you can teach your kid, because having alcohol is such a cultural thing, but in our country, it becomes this thing you're not supposed to do, and then when you get to high school, you start to do it, and I think it wrecks a lot of people's lives just because they don't have an education about the thing they're about to step into. Yeah. And if they just learned it, they'd probably, I mean, I look back and wish to God I understood how to drink in my 20s. I think I would have had a better time my whole <laughs> my whole life. I think I would have been like, oh, I, kn- I yeah. finally figured out what yeah. my drink was and I figured out how much of it and that's all I needed to know the whole time. But no one talks to you about it. They just say, don't do it. And then when you yep. get 21, you turn 21, they're the first ones to buy you a drink. Yeah. And they act like they act like you hadn't been doing it for six years. Yeah, no, I think, like, now that my kids are teenagers, like, you want a glass of wine with dinner? Yeah. All right. I you love know, it. But it's, but not all the time. Breakfast, you know, it's like lunch, a special dinner. thing. <laughs> 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 Only two meals a day. Um, my parents were pretty permissive about drinking. And in fact, our house became the house where kids could drink. Yeah. It was a pretty small town. Mm. But my parents were on top of the kids in terms of like who could drive and who couldn't, yeah. you know, had to give up their car keys and stuff. <laughs> they, probably they made some wrong calls about like, yeah, you okay. seem okay. But, but you know, yeah. <laughs> but there was, yeah, no, but it was like, if you, you know, stay here tonight, if, if yeah. that's the way it was. But they were very, they were very lax about that. Like my mom and her friends, they weren't even, you know, when she was like 15, 16, they were drinking cocktails after school. They yeah. were like making Manhattans well, and stuff. Well, that's because they were classy. Really? Yeah. It was a diff- it was just like a different era. It wasn't beer parties. It was like, like my mom tells a story about, about having an afternoon cocktail party and her mother coming home unexpectedly and everybody pouring their drinks into the fish tank and her mom being like, why are all the fish floating? All the fish dead. (laughs) Everybody dumped it into the fish tank. I thought you were going to say, why are all the fish having the time of their lives? (laughs) (laughs) Why are the fish all having sex? Just openly. I always Um, thought they did that at night, 2 a.m. Yeah. All the lights are off. Weird. (laughs) But uh, friends of my brothers that had curfews, those were the kids that would wait until five minutes before curfew and then fly home yeah. as fast as they could. And my brother and I, who never had a who never had a curfew, 
We'd go home when we were bored. Yeah. We always ended up going home before the kids with the curfew anyway, because it's like, eh, okay, I'm tired, going home. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing with like a prohibition of making your kids like, you cannot drink. Then they're just going to, it's going to seem more fascinating and exciting to drink. My, when I, I'd be home like, my curfew was uh, midnight. So I'd always get high right before so I could, you know, keep the party going. And I would uh, walk in and my, high five, mom. Yeah, my, my stepmom would be like in the living room, like, "How was the party?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, it's good." <laughs> like, I immediately would dart downstairs, yeah. like, oh, "It's good." I'm done. Go downstairs and just sit downstairs, just you know, eating snacks and listening to Dark Side of the Moon. You know, all the all the signs were there as to what I was up to. Yes, oh yes. Oh, my God. Mine was totally uh, strict, so I, and I smoked cigarettes, too, so I would come home, like, doused in Victoria's Secret vanilla spray. <laughs> and then, like, mints. And then my mom, my mom worked at my school, and then she would, so she knew when all the parties were. Yes. But don't lie to me. I know you were at that yeah. party because I got invited. And I was like, just because you're cool at school, but awful at home. Wait, your mom was getting mean. invited? Your mom was she getting always invited? Got, she always got invited to parties because she worked at my school. She was the nurse. She was like the... But wait, the, who invites the... Why, did, why would she still get invited? Everyone loved my mom. And but at home she was super strict. I was and so invited. she would come home and she would have I would have like a, a mint and vanilla spray all over me and be like, oh, I was just eating a lot of garlic. I was always eating a lot of garlic because I thought that's what alcohol smelled right. like. And yeah. <laughs> she's always like smelling my she made me open my mouth and breathe on yeah. her. <laughs> yeah. It was nice. I like I like picturing your mom getting invited so many times that she had to like learn how to politely turn down. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. no, I can't, oh, you know, mostly because yeah. it's illegal for me to be right. there. <laughs> right, yeah. right. I don't want to lose my job. <laughs> oh no, yeah. I I work here and you know, I, I have health insurance, so I can't. I, I what, get, like, would what would we talk about? What would we even yeah. talk about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was nuts. I want to picture your mom taking someone up on the invite. Like, Mom, what are you doing here? Well, I was invited just like you mm-hmm. were. Yeah. <laughs> now, not- if you, you'll excuse me, I have a bong to hit. <laughs> oh, I wish. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> no, it's not like that. Yeah. Well, I grew up in Los Angeles, so people would play, like bands would play at at like the Roxy. And then I, so I would lie to my mom and be like, we're going to go spend the night at Vanessa's. And she'd be like, no, you're not. You're going to the Roxy. And I'd be like, no, I'm not. What are you talking about? She's like, I got a flyer. And then she's like, pull the flyer out of her flyer. purse. She Jesus Christ. Flyer. And I was like, fuck, everybody stop hanging out with my mom. Oh, like she's uh. Nurse Columbo. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Vanessa's seriously. like, you don't mind if your mom spends the night too, yeah. do you? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Save big money and start your spring project with help from Menards. We offer a huge selection of body plants, veggies, and herbs to plant at home and grow yourself. Right now, all four and a half inch body plants are on sale through May 5th. Head to the Menards Garden Center to get your garden growing and check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.
I can't imagine in the age of social media raising uh, teenagers now with Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, like, do you Ugh. guys follow each other, Andy? Um, yeah, now. Now I do. On Instagram, yeah. my kids. And my kids will look at my Twitter sometimes, uh, which I have learned uh, – I have yeah. learned, like I have, I have been, I have been corrected. Pause. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, Dad, because I'll tweet something funny that they say or something funny that happened, and they'll be like, and sometimes it's even like with my daughter. She's, she's. I mean, now I just kind of also don't do it just out of courtesy to them. You know, sometimes I'll mention something. Sure, I'll yeah. mention them in passing, but I, I also, I don't like the idea of making them like part of my comic repertoire, you know? Yeah. yeah. I didn't even think about, all I've ever thought about this whole time is, you know, my daughter's only five. So like the world of social media, it, it's not even on the radar yet yeah. of, of what that does to you as a teenager. But I didn't even consider the fact that we also live in an age where people our age are also on there. I didn't even think like, oh, from the teenager's perspective, oh, yeah, my parents are on Facebook. My yeah. parents are on Instagram. My parents are on Twitter. And then yeah. only now did I just realize like, oh, yeah, and also your career and your where you are as your in, in like the public eye, it's even an added dose of, well, not only is my dad on Twitter, but yeah. my dad has followers. My dad is yeah. a yeah. personal yeah, note. Yeah. <laughs> like, people want to know what my dad so has people, to say. I don't, yeah. but my dad, like, but everybody else yeah. does. Like, there's a lot right? of people who's like, oh, my dad tweeted something. And everyone goes, what was it? And they go, well, he has five followers. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You're in a different position <laughs> right, right. where people are going to read it. My my son sometimes, I think it was something, I said something like kind of like angry, but also kind of like with swearing and stuff in it. And one of Will's friends sent it to him as like, uh, you know, Andy's not taking any shit today, you know. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I asked Will, I was like, does that embarrass, I said, does that embarrass you? And is he making fun of me? He goes like, no, he thinks you're great. He loves following you. And he thinks you're funny. Yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah. Which is it, all we, uh, all that's all we comics have yeah, to right, hear. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he thinks I'm funny? Okay, good. good, good oh, good. he likes me? Okay, good. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> you guys can stay out late and smoke weed, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. um, well, Andy, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for, for being on yeah. this show and for for sharing your credit card with us and, and <laughs> letting us have that information. <laughs> well, they, I, I mean, this is a great, I just want to help the pledge drive. That's the yeah. main thing. It's important. And that's me. what this show, <laughs> it's a nice pledge drive. This is a, a topic that I, I live and I'm interested in. And then I, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about and practicing and working on. And it, it's like my favorite thing to do, you know, and it, there's times when it's, you know, it's a fucking drag, you know, and it's it's really hard, and it's at times it's scary, and like you said, you don't know what you're doing. Like I even confessed to my son a, a year or so ago, like everything that your mom and I encounter with you is our first time. You're the oldest kid. Like we, with your sister, we have we've had, had some, one. We've had one person come through. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like when she <laughs> when she was 13, we already had yeah. a 13 year old. But you're our first fill in the blank year old, you know, yeah. we're just trying, we're just kind of basing it on an instinct. And there are definitely times when there have been complicated issues that come up where I'm like, well, I think this is what we're going to do about it. And I'm going to tell you this. And I'm thinking like, oh, please be right. Please I be know, right. Please I be know. Right. Yeah, right. But I think you said it best. You teach your kids it's okay to make mistakes and you take responsibility and you apologize and 
there's really nothing else you can do. There's no way you're going to be perfect, and there's no way you're going to get it right. Uh, I remember when this episode started, I asked you what your score was. We reached out to your kids, and they gave you uh, low marks, (laughs) very low marks. Uh, Well, (laughs) fucking trolls are everywhere. Uh, Andy Richter, ladies and gentlemen, you're the best man. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. Andy Richter. Look at him as he walks away. What is that he's driving? Is that a Ferrari? Actually, it's a Lambo. Oh, he deserves it. Now I'm embarrassed. All our listeners think I don't know the difference between a Ferrari and a Lamborghini. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, sorry to call you out there, buddy. Uh, I've never been more embarrassed in my life. (laughs) Is that your new voice? Is Is that your embarrassment (laughs) voice? (laughs) Whenever the podcast interview's over, I talk like this. Uh, The best. Anyway, everyone, if you can't get enough of Andy in your life, and Lord knows I can't, so follow him on Twitter. You heard him talk about it. He's a hell of a follow. A million people can't be wrong. And, uh, you know, if you want to hear more from Andy, you can subscribe to his podcast, Three Questions with Andy Richter. Get on it. It's always so smart and so funny. And of course, you can always find him weeknights on Conan on TBS. That's right. So that's our show this week. We'll be back next week with an all new show. Dads, the podcast is produced by Jen Samples, Nick Liao, and me, Ruthie Wyatt. Our executive producers are Joanna Solotaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton and Anya Jeshik. Our theme song is by Strange Hotels, with additional music by John Danik. Special thanks to Sean Doherty. That's right. And you can keep up with Dads, the podcast, by following me on Twitter at Rory Scovel. And if you love the show, rate, review, tell a friend, do it. Just do it. Tell five people right now. Right now, you're on a bus. Just tell five people. And I'll owe you big time. I swear to God, I'll pay you back. I promise. Thank you for listening. We'll see you guys back here next week. Bye-bye. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. 